0: going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Y'all, keeping your family close is so important. Family is one of the most important things you could ever have, ever. But even with your closest of family members, there still needs to be boundaries. Free money is out there. Just go
1: get it by starting your podcast today. Our players this week are Arnold Coyer, Tammy's ex-husband and the kid's father. Tammy Coyer, the former wife of Arnold and the kid's mother. Danny Jr.'s aunt and Chastity's first cousin. Lindsey Coyer, Arnold and Tammy's daughter and victim. Jarrell Coyer, Arnold and Tammy's son and victim. Alexis Grealis the accomplice and chastity
0: west our murderess chastity west was born in 1975 and is from windsor connecticut to her mother joyce and her father paul west chastity was known as a really nice girl she was very fashionable she was outgoing in 1992 she graduated from windsor high school and was given the superlative biggest flirt She was known for loving her really big family, her immediate and extended family where they were known as good Christian folks. They were very active Jehovah's Witnesses. She had a brother, Paul, and a younger sister that most folks said that Chastity acted more like her mother than her older sister because she was super young. So, Chastity really liked to help people, and she decided that she wanted to become a nurse. So, she became a licensed practical nurse, and she worked at a few different places, and people really loved her. One time, she was working at a rehab center, and people thought that she was a really great nurse. Looking back, somebody said that she was the nurse in the wing where her mother was, and they thought that Chastity was just the sweetest little angel of mercy, that she was kind, that she was sensitive, that she was loving to the patients and to the families, and people were just like, she was just so special— like, we really enjoyed being around her. She made these very difficult times that we're going through with our family. Like, as a nurse, she made it a lot better. The things that you want in a nurse. Right. Um, In 1997, she was working at the Cheshire Correctional Institute. She actually was, like, employed by the University of Connecticut Health Center, and it oversaw some of the Department of Correction medical programs. So That's where she was working at the time. Like we said before, Chastity was known for loving her very big family, and they were very active Jehovah's Witnesses. So when one of her first cousins, Tammy, moves to town and also becomes very active in the church, their relationship grew both as cousins
1: and as sisters in Christ. Hallelujah! Now, Chastity's cousin Tammy was also known as a huge family person. She was kind. She loved to help others, and she was all around a pretty good person. Like you know, she was solid girl. All right, so it is 1985, and Tammy is out with her bestie, and they're just having a good old time. And she looks across the room, and she sees this fine, chocolate, tall man. He's hitting all the marks, right? (laughs) And she sees this Girl, and he had a motorcycle. He was it. Okay, so she's like... Who is he? And this was Arnold Collier. So according to her bestie, they was on the dance floor getting to know each other, moving and grooving, you know, a night at the club. And Tammy's like, solicit, girl. I'm leaving with him. And her best friend is like, okay, girl, you know, be safe, have fun, you know, do what you do. So Tammy and Arnold, from this point on, are basically inseparable. The couple would go to family functions and they were seen outwardly as the ideal happy couple. They were always all lovey-dovey on each other and just, you know, it's just they, they seemed like the perfect match, right? So in 1988, after they graduated, they decided to move in together. And Tammy is like, I know you're the one. I'm ready to settle down. Let's get married. And Arnold is like, I don't know about that. You know, he's probably still feeling young. He's not ready to be tied down or whatever. And yeah, he wants to live the single life. You know, he he wanted to be single, but not be single. That's how they do. He appeases her by taking a next step. You know, they they move in together. But that's all he's willing to give at this point. Tammy thought that this would make him more serious about the relationship than being. Them living together, but Arnold started cheating. It's like Tammy knew, but she didn't want to say nothing. She's like, No, I'm tripping. He wouldn't do that to me. And you know, you got to protect your image, right? Like, how I'm going to say this, my man, he hold me down. And this man out here embarrassing me in front of everybody. So it's not like she was going around like, Oh, he's cheating on me or whatever. She's just like, you know, waiting for him to get his shit together and realize that she's the one. In 1989, just a year after moving in together, Tammy finds out that she's pregnant. And on October 26th of 1990, she has her first child, a son, little Jarrell. And she was like, listen, Arnold, at this point, we locked in for life. <laughs> like, I'm always going to be here. So for real, let's get married. Make a proper woman out of me. You, you know? already put a baby in me. Make a proper
0: woman out of me, do me. Okay. are right. After they got married, they moved to Windsor, Connecticut, and their son, Jarrell, was born. Um, Things were going pretty well. Tammy was able to achieve her career goals. She was starting to get work as a social worker, and she had her little family. Like, by all intents and purposes, things are going well. In 1992, Tammy was like, okay, things are getting really busy at home, and she started asking her cousin, chastity if she would help babysit her little baby, Jarrell, and of course... Chasity, being this helpful cousin, she obliged. Tammy, at this point, is 25. Like, she's graduated. Chasity's 18, so it, it works out pretty well. This is before Chasity has gone to school to be a nurse. Like, this is perfect. In the beginning, it seemed like Chastity was the very best cousin slash babysitter anybody could ask for. Like, sometimes she would help clean up around the house. She would cook dinner for the family. Things were going really well. And it was a big relief off of Tammy, who is now this working professional And that's with children. It's a big transition. However, Chastity was never blind. And she was noticing how fine her cousin's husband was. And she was like, I mean, this man is everything, right? He's tall, dark, handsome, fine. Like, this nigga got it going on. And after a while She started volunteering her time more To come over to the house She was making flirty eyes at Arnold She would say a little dirty joke here and there And Tammy is like okay, but I'm not trying to say nothing. Like, this is my cousin. She's young. Like, no way my little cousin would be trying to flirt with my man. Like, I'm crazy, right? Tammy was like, you know what? The girl had just graduated from high school. She was just crowned biggest flirt. So this is just who she is. It's a running family joke right now that she's flirtatious. It's fine. I'm tripping. In 1994, Tammy learns that she is pregnant Again, this time with a baby girl. Now, the summer of 1995, there was a pool party and the pool party was at Tammy's aunt's house. And Arnold, he was there, of course. He arrived with his wife and with his kid and with his pregnant wife. Mind you that Tammy is very pregnant at this point. It gets a little awkward for everybody at the party because Arnold and Chastity are like all up on each other. They in the pool dunking each other in the pool. She got her feet in the pool. He's he's swimming up with his drink. It's like, hello, is anybody else even here? So it's getting really awkward because everybody's like, um, Tammy, your husband is over there flirting with your little cousin. And they look like a teenage couple, like really too flirty that everybody here sees it at this point. Of course, Tammy, you know, nah, y'all tripping. I got pregnancy brain. That that could not be happening. Another night, Chastity and Arnold they decide that they gonna go out dancing. And then when one or two o'clock rolled around, they never made it back home. And, You know the clubs close at like two, three o'clock. People say that the clubs up there close around one, two, but y'all know wherever you are, you know when the t- wherever you are, you know where the club closes. When the, clubs when close the club at closes, two
1: feel like Atlanta
0: died. So four o'clock rolls around, and they mosey their way into the house. And then Tammy's like, "Where y'all been?" Why y'all been out so late? And they're like, oh, Chastity left her ID at one of the clubs. We got to go back out to go and try and get it from one of the clubs we was at because she left her ID. And Tammy was like, come on now. The sign's been there. I've been trying to give y'all this. You know, I've been trying to pretend like this shit ain't happening. But y'all know I don't believe this, right? Y'all know I don't believe a darn thing coming out your mouths. Of course, they're like no. This, of course, this isn't happening. They deny. They deny it. And Tammy's like, okay, you know, Chastity, you're my cousin. You're also the full time. You're also the caretaker of my child. You know, we go to church together. I don't want to be. I'm pregnant. I don't want to be tripping. Just, just chill. Just everybody put my mind at ease. So Tammy does end up having a very healthy baby girl named Lindsay on July twenty second, nineteen ninety five, and. Chastity continued to care for the kids. she was caring for little Lindsay. she was caring for Jarrell, used to go outside and play at the sprinklers, dress up with Lindsay. She was cousin babysitter, right? All the time, I'm sure that you're aware the affair with Arnold continued to go on and Tammy, I don't know girl. it was obvious at this point like one day, Tazzy, this is crazy. One day they were at another pool party and Lindsay, Lindsay's a baby at this point, And Chastity is holding Lindsay, like holding her up. She's playing around and she keeps pulling open Chastity's like swimsuit top. You know, it's a swimsuit top, like your titty gonna fall out. And so she kept pulling it open so that her titty would during air come out. And then she'd be like, ah don't do that and then you know kids they are gonna keep doing it and everybody was like that whole time a we saw all of chastity city b we also saw arnold just staring at that shit like ooh, yeah keep doing that and it was weird and
1: everybody was like this is freaking weird Tammy's friend goes to joyce and chastity and it was like listen we all see what's happening here. It's not right. And you need to stop messing with your cousin, man. And Chastity was like, what? I would never. And her mom is like, don't you dare accuse my child of something like that. She is a child of God, okay? She wouldn't do that. And now her sister say, Oh, Joyce always held her kids on a higher pedestal, and that was a downfall. <laughs> so she's like, no, we see it. We know what's happening. She's like, listen, my children don't lie. So, if Chastity is sitting here saying she ain't did it, then she ain't did it, okay, and at this point, there becomes this rift in the family because, like chastity wrong, and we all see it, you gonna act like it's not happening when it's happening in front of all of our faces, so it's like kind of creating this divide in the family, right now, in nineteen ninety six tammy she's working as a social worker, right. And her job is to, like, take kids out of bad situations and rehome them and stuff. Tammy, she has a brother named Danny, right? Danny has a baby mama. Danny and his baby mama are drunk all the time. They have, like, a serious alcohol problem developing, And... What Tammy does not want to happen is what she sees happen to kids that she works with all the time. She does not want her nephew to be put into this foster care system. So she goes to her brother, Danny, and she's like, listen, I'm taking Danny Danny Jr. He was a little, it was a junior. She said, listen, I'm taking Danny Jr. And he's going to come stay with me until y'all can figure things out, okay? She just welcomed Danny into her family with the rest of the kids. Like, now she was a mother of three. Of course, it's not the best feeling in the world to have your sister take your kid away from you, but, you know, ain't really no point in trying to fight it because you know what your actions are, right? I don't know. It really seemed
0: like maybe they were in a place. I don't know if he had any charges or something, but it seemed like he was in a place where it was she was coming from a very genuine place, and it wasn't. I do no think like she was coming dr- from a family taste. drama, but but it didn't seem like it was in like forced family drama shit. Like he might have been like yo, sis, I he probably agreed pretty straight off. Especially you don't know. I, I couldn't really find any if he had any charges, but I wouldn't be surprised. Alcoholics they be having a whole bunch of charges, And yeah. a couple of DUIs. They're gonna take them kids. Mm-hmm. So I was don't I, have like a DUI with the kid in the car or some shit. They're gonna take the kids. So she was looking out for them.
1: No, for sure, because she was like, "What? What's not gonna happen to little Danny? Is he's not gonna be on the system?" So you know, of course, you know it's hard to give up your kids or whatever, but it was for the better good, and he was just became a sibling to her kids, you know. So this same year, Joyce, now I remember this is Chastity's mama, she hosts a party. They love a the party, don't they? She hosts a party.
0: Oh, I didn't know Jehovah's Witness like to party like this.
1: <laughs> she hosts a little party with her family and friends, and. It was supposedly like a couple's night, but supposedly Chastity and Arnold came together and not Arnold and Tammy, but her mama's still over there denying it. She wrong. But we ain't a couple, though. But we ain't a couple. I guess the party was bumping and niggas passed out at the party. They just kind of sleeping where they fell or whatever. Right. And there was a family member sleep on the couch or sleep on the floor or something. All of a sudden, she hears some sneakers squeaking and it wakes her up out of her sleep. And she doesn't move or get up or anything. She just opens her eyes. And when she opens her eyes, do you know what she saw? She sees Chastity and Arnold fucking right there in front of her on the couch. They could have went to the car something. That's so trifling. I was writing this down
0: for, for OJ, but that's so
1: trifling. Go
0: ahead. Keep going.
1: So at this time, it's really getting hard to deny the affair. And Tammy, she got two kids. She ain't got time for this bullshit. So in 1997, she decides to divorce Arnold, uh, and he moves out. And Tammy's like, I got to move on with my life. Like, this nigga ain't about to keep holding me back or whatever. I got to start living for me and my kids, right? Arnold and Chastity kept doing what they was doing, but they still kept it kind of low-key, because at the end of the day, you are still cheating on her with her cousin. Okay, so he was like, you know, regardless of if we together, divorce or not, it's still not a good look. So, you know, keep this on the hush. Chastity is talking to her other cousin, Amber, and she's like, listen, I know it's a bad look, but the heart wants what the heart wants. He made a mistake when he was with Tammy and we are the ones who are actually meant to be together now. They're the past and what happened happened, but they're divorced now and we should just be able to live our life happily together. Tammy ain't got time to be worried about them. In 1998, she buys her own home for her, Jarrell, Lindsay and Danny Jr. Um, Period. Period, right? (laughs) Shout out to home ownership. And she starts to dip her toe back into the dating field and that's when she meets Benjamin. And Benjamin is making her feel like she's that girl, you know. She was like, you know what? A nigga had me thinking I wasn't cute, but goddamn it, I am fine. Okay, Mm -hmm. and I ain't never gonna let somebody cut me down like that. Like she was getting her confidence back. She's feeling good. She's like, I don't have to deal with this shit. Like I'm a bad bitch, you know? Because that's hard to go through. Like I have two kids. I'm trying
0: to. I have two kids I birthed two kids I have another one I'm trying to keep a house together you done cheated on me with my little fucking cousin like I'm just trying to get get it back together I know I got some mojo in here
1: right and she found it streaming October 6th on Paramount Plus. Plus first place I learned about death was a pet cemetery dead things buried in that land but we'll come back there's something else something's wrong continue
0: he needs time to adjust.
1: That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines. Rated R. Streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Now, in March of 1998, Timmy starts really getting to know Ben. Like, Ben has been around her kids and stuff. And she's starting to notice that this nigga got some weird-ass behavior, right? Like... He would say sexual things in front of the kids. And at this point, like, it's one thing maybe if they're like two and they don't really know what's going on or something. But Jarrell is a smooth seven at this point. So, like, clean it up. You got to watch what you say around the kids. Seven and two, they're absorbing everything. Right. On top of that, as if that wasn't bad enough, you know, she's starting to hear this nigga brag about being part of a Jamaican gang. Then when he would come spend the night, he's getting up and leaving in the middle of the night. And she's like, where are you going? He's like, to get a beer. Nigga, no, you're not. What the fuck going on? Come to find out, this man is married. And she said, i tell you what I won't be. It's the other woman. <laughs> not right. that it was just done to me. So she breaks it right. off with him. She was like, I ain't got time for this shit. I could be bad all by myself, right? Now, Chastity, on the other hand, she kind of felt like she had everything going
0: on with her man. She was talking a lot about how she wanted to get married. She was hinting that quite a bit. And she was like, you and I, we just need to get married. We live our life together. I'm thinking about moving out of Connecticut. Like, I don't know, Virginia Beach, maybe Georgia, somewhere somewhere away from here. And every time that she brought this up, he was like, remember, that's not possible. I have children here in Connecticut. This is where my children live. And so I have to put them first, no matter what. They need me. Like, my daughter is two, little man's is a seven. Like, which Chastity, I'm sure you all could guess, was not invited to Tammy's new home, was not given the address of Tammy's new home, and was not allowed to be in the vicinity of Tammy's children. But throughout this, she was still pulling on his ear. She was like, oh, well, you know, I don't really like how Tammy is holding the kids over you. And mm, I feel like Tammy is trying to manipulate you with the kids. What do you think, Bay? And, you know, I really don't like this sleep schedule. You really haven't moved me in yet. I mean, because at the weekends you got the kids and I can't be around the kids because I was fucking your ex-wife. So now, like, what do we do? And so she started asking Questions to Arnold, like, oh, you know, how are things going with the kids? I do miss them. Where are they staying at now? Just making conversation, trying to inch her way into knowing what's going on at Tammy's house because things were not working out the way that Chastity had conjured up in her make believe mind that she was going to live happily ever after.
1: So one day, Chastity's talking to her cousin, India's boyfriend, Alexis Grahalis about all this drama going on with Tammy and Tammy's ex-husband, okay? Because she had the nerve to be mad about her having a relationship with her ex-husband as if she's not the X Factor. So she tells Alexis, listen, I want to play a little prank on my cousin. I feel like she's overstepping to my man a little bit. I know it used to be hers, but he's my man now, you know? So we're just going to play a little prank just to show her, you know, don't mess with my man so Alexis is like all right what exactly do you want to do and she was like let's just go and vandalize Tammy's house we'll kind of scare her into moving out the neighborhood right she says all I need you to do is to restrain Tammy while I go fuck some shit up in the house right there's not gonna be any kids there so it's just gonna be Tammy we'll be in and out real quick Alexis is like how we even gonna get in the house and she says, Oh, I can get us in the house real easy because Arnold keeps a key to her house in a baby bag. So I'll just get that. We'll go in there. You hold her down, it'll all be good. And on top of that, I'll pay $4,000 to do it. Alexis is like, Okay, easy money. I could do something special for India. You know, he's supposed to be trying to get married to her real soon. So he was like, This would be great for our wedding, yada, 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 right? On July 7th, they were supposed to go through with vandalizing the house. But Chastity makes up some excuse. She's like, oh, you know what? Tonight's just not going to be the night. It's not a good night. But while you're out, can you pick me up a box cutter and some of them coveralls that you had? She said distinctly that when he got in the car, it smelled like weed. But she was like, I could use some of those, right? So Alexis picks up the stuff and they regroup chastity gets to thinking a little harder too she was like also what we're gonna do is we need to get some um soda uh the little pineapple soda that the jamaicans be drinking and the west indian people be drinking because you know there was just this murder this double homicide a few weeks ago and in this crime scene they had these Maltov cocktails with the pineapple soda bottles so to throw my first scent you know the Jamaicans are after her, right? That's really going to scare her, right? You know, of course, we got to cover our face so that she doesn't know what us. We we for sure want her to think that the Jamaicans are coming. And it kind of plays in all the way, right? Because she just had this Jamaican boyfriend, Ben. And let me tell y'all, Ben was not happy that she called it quits. He wasn't happy at all, which I don't understand. I'm on my wife. Right. How you mad I'm cheating on my wife with you? <laughs> And I know she probably told him about her ex and what happened. Right. It kind of like creates him as a suspect, right? Because he's been bragging about being in the Jamaican games. He mad at the breakup. They leaving a little. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we we, we got it all figured out. We're going to set this up. You know, we good. So on July 9th, two days later, it's about 1 a.m., and Tammy is sleeping in her home and it's a dark and stormy night. And the kids get scared and they decided that they wanted to crawl in the bed with Tammy. And she's like, come on, babies, gather around me, gather around me. So Jerelle, Lindsay, and Danny Joe, y'all get in the bed. Now, around 2 30, Tammy hears like air coming through the door. And so she's like, Is the door open? So she gets up to go close the door. When she reaches for the door, someone begins walking towards her. She turns around to run back to the bedroom. But at that moment, Alexis tackles her to the floor and puts his hand over her nose and mouth. And all she could smell was gasoline. He tells her, shut the fuck up and nobody gets hurt. So as Tammy is sitting here tied down by Alexis, she sees a second person walk up her stairs which is where the kids room was and then they quickly come back downstairs once they get downstairs this person goes into Tammy's bedroom at this point Tammy's like hold on my kids are in there. And she starts to like trying to get free. She hears Jarrell say, What are you doing? She was like, Not my babies. Lindsay starts whipping. She's like, Not my babies. So she gets, she's fighting as hard as she can, and she manages to pull off Alexis's glove and his watch. And his hand slips from her mouth. She starts screaming, My kids, my kids, please don't hurt my kids. Upon hearing this, Alexis says, Yo, I'm out. I'm out. And he leaves. At that moment, Chastity walks out the room and walks out the door without saying a word. Temmie locks the door behind them and runs to her bedroom to check on her kids. And she sees blood gushing out of Lindsay's arm. She grabs a towel and wraps it around Lindsay's forearm to stop the bleeding. And she kind of touches Jarrell and notices he doesn't move. And she's like, Jarrell, Jarrell, get up. Jerelle, baby, you got to get up, get up. And Jarrell doesn't move. Now, at this moment, Jarrell is laying face down. So she turns Jerelle over and sees him still not moving. And it's in this moment she already knows that Jerelle has died. She calls 911 and they're like, Ma'am, how can you help you? And she just starts screaming, They killed my baby. They killed my baby. They killed my baby. The police and the EMTs, they rush quickly to go help baby Jarrell, and they're, like, doing CPR. They're checking for a pulse. They're, like, doing trying to check for any type of respirators. He has none. No pulse, no respirators. 911 comes, and they rush him and Lindsey to the hospital.
0: After this, the next call that Tammy makes is to Arnold. He's at home. He had— no idea what was happening. She calls and she tells him what ha- what's happening and through sob, she tells him, I don't think our son is going to make it. He grabs the closest thing that he can find to throw in his body and he runs to the hospital. Now, when the EMTs did arrive, the first thing that they smelled was gasoline. They saw signs of a struggle everywhere. There was blood everywhere there was a watch and they were like great we have a little bit of evidence but this was a horrible horrible scene um they followed the butt they followed the blood trail to the bedroom and began working on daryl and Lindsay, and then soon took them to the hospital they also found those two liter pineapple soda bottles filled with gasoline next to the bed just like chastity wanted Darrell was pronounced dead at the hospital, and Lindsay was rushed into surgery for her wounds. She was seven. Now, Danny Jr. was there throughout all of this, and he was unharmed, and Lindsay survived. Their family and friends were shocked, to say the least. This is not something that you think would happen to your family and like the baby. What did the baby do? And how could how could this have happened? They were like, whoever did this, whatever happened, like this had to have been the devil.
1: The detectives immediately began working on a suspect list. They interviewed family members and then interviewed anybody whose name came up in these conversations. Now Arnold was quickly taken off the suspect list because, as she said, Tammy calls him as soon as it happens. And when she calls his home phone and he answers, she spoke to him on his home phone. Now, he lives a good 15, 20 miles away from her. So they're like, in no way you made it back to the house in enough time to answer your phone. You're obviously not the killer, right? They also, you know, didn't want to move too fast. So they tracked every movement that he made, but, you know, he proved to be an honest man. like, you know, it doesn't seem that he's involved in this. The next main suspect became Danny, Tammy's brother, Danny Jr.'s father, right? They're like, Listen, Maybe he felt away and wanted his kids back or whatever. So it was like, listen, if he wanted his kids back, why would he have the two bottles filled with gasoline? Like, why would why would he endanger his son like that to get his son back? And it wasn't just like, oh, Tammy took your kids from you. You must be mad. It was kind of suspicious because his child is the only one unharmed, right? Right. Like. Why why out of all the three kids in the bed, yours is the one that's safe, you know? But he was also rolled out as a suspect. So then they get to thinking, okay, okay, let's focus on something else. And they start thinking about the soda bottles. Now this was pineapple soda, and it was like main people who drink pineapple soda people from the West Indies. And it was like, now, this is actually the same bottle of soda that was used in that double murder connected to the Jamaican gangs. So they're like, hmm, so Benjamin, why you don't have to talk with us? You know, come, come talk to us real quick. They're talking to him, and he's being extremely cooperative. He's like, listen, I love Tammy and Jarrell. I would never do that to them. Like, tell me what you need to help an in investigation, because I want justice just as much as you do. And they're like, yeah, I guess this is, you know, making sense, because also, what beef did he have with the kids? Tammy's left unharmed, you know? They went past Tammy and and hurt the kids. So they're like, ah, what the fuck? Like, who could it be? They're like, you know, we're trying to find people who would dislike them, but they're kids. Who dislikes a seven and a two-year-old that much, you know? Police had Tammy take a polygraph
0: test, and Tammy actually failed the polygraph test. As we all know, polygraphs are not admissible in court, and the police actually asked her to take the test, not with the intention that she would pass or fail, but they wanted to see if she would be cooperative so they could see like, if they could rule her out as a suspect. And they felt like they really could. So on July 12th, police turned to the watch. Remember there was a watch left at the scene of the crime. And the detectives, they're like, okay, you know what we should do? We are gonna send out a public notice saying that we found a watch. And that we are about to extract DNA from the watch. And let's see if somebody comes forward. And lo and behold, the very next day, detectives receive a phone call from an attorney who said that his client would like to speak to them about a watch. Alexis Grajales admitted that he broke into the house okay and when that happened oh they threatened to charge him with everything that you could think of ever and they were like you need to tell us what happened and he was like listen like I was recruited to fuck up this girl's house and they she said it was gonna be a prank that we were gonna just mess up the place and that was gonna be it and I heard that there were kids And as soon as she said, my kids, my kids, I was told there were no children at the home. And as soon as I heard that, I left. I wasn't about to be a part of nothing like this. And they were like, who did it? Who was the person that hired you? Who was the person that, well, who was the mastermind behind this crime? And he was like, Chastity. Who is Chastity? Tammy's cousin. Now, the police, they were like, all right, let's get Chastity down to the station. I don't want to talk to her at the house. What did the, what the man say in the uh, video? He said, I didn't want to talk to her at her house. I didn't want anybody to talk to her at the in the police car. I wanted her in the station. They got her down there, and they were like, okay, we got things to talk about. We have autopsy photos of Jarrell. We're going to make sure that she knows that we're not fucking playing with her. She saw those pictures and immediately she was deeply hurt she grew like really erratic she was crying like she couldn't she was overwhelmed with emotion okay and she was just like hugging herself as she crying they were like Do you, they were like look at this picture who did this and then finally through tears she said i did she was arrested she was charged with first degree murder she was given a bail of $5 million, and she sat isolated from the rest of the jail while she got ready to... Take
1: that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. I wonder why they isolated her.
0: Girl, this is a high profile Actually, case, bitch. You were going to get murdered in the jail. We wanted no. to make sure that we saw you in court. If you didn't get isolated, baby, you was going to be gone.
1: You know what I was thinking? I wondered if they isolated her due to her... Is this the jail that she worked at? No, that'd be crazy if it was. What it? So she was charged with first degree murder, and in two thousand one, she started her trial. Take that shit to trial. Now, for the defense, a psychiatrist testified that Chastity had been sexually assaulted by Tammy's daddy when she was four years old. Now, Chastity also said that Tammy was sexually abused this is from chastity's mouth and nobody else's by her father that tammy was sexually abused by her father and tammy didn't do anything about it and so chastity says or the psychiatrist says that chastity feels that because tammy did not take any action to hold her father accountable he felt free enough to do it again, and that's why it happened to her. And this is what created this rage that she had towards Chastity.
0: This has not been
1: this rage that, that didn't like, show Chastity. its head till this night.
0: Right. And also, like, you're if this is true, because it really hasn't been fully confirmed, but if this is true, you're blaming me for my abuse that I suffered.
1: Mm hmm. Chastity also takes the stand during this trial, and she speaks on her own behalf. Now, before she speaks, the prosecution gets permission from the judge to warn the jury to not take everything that she is saying as fact. Please understand that it is quite, quite, quite possible that she is lying, okay? So take it with a grain of salt. So, Chastity gets up there and she starts talking about how she loved Jarrell and Lindsay. She said, I loved him very much since the first time I laid eyes on him. I was in love with Lindsay. Usually, everywhere I went, I would take La La Lindsay with me. She smiles and then starts talking about how she skipped through the water sprinkler with Jarrell and she would play dress up with Lindsay said that she would braid her hair and make up her face and put in clothes and high heels. And she's just like, I loved these kids. She also talked on the stand about her cousins, India and Amber. And that she had made it her mission to spy on their respective boyfriends and be like, "Uh uh-uh, girl, he cheating on you. You need to leave him. You were too good for that. (laughs) It's crazy, right? So, Amber and India, who quote, Chastity says they were closest braids, testified for the prosecution. She also goes on to talk about India and Amber and how they were, quote, closest braids, how she would spy on her boyfriends and make sure that they weren't cheating on her. And then they questioned Chastity about. Her affair with Arnold. And she's like, listen, I know it was wrong. And I know that was my cousin's husband. You know, yes, it was going on for a while. When the elders at the church questioned me about it, I was lying. We were having a relationship even then, right? She said she kept the relationship a secret because of Arnold. He was afraid of how Tammy would react, and she feared that she would become violent towards him. She would react vindictively, you know, and she was like, I didn't want to make his life hell over this, you know. Chastity says that Tammy's behavior was the main point of contention between between Tammy and Arnold. She says that Arnold said that he was afraid of her. Just a love affair.
0: Violently too child because uh just so you know Arnold's about they about to ask Arnold about violently because she said because you know there is a um a little police report where I guess Tammy scratched up Arnold a little bit <laughs> well well and Arnold well. apparently said he was scared of her well Chastity tells you cheat on me with my little cousin I'm gonna scratch you up too I'm not gonna hu- let me stop <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm gonna scratch you up too.
1: So she goes on to say, quote, I thought Tammy was interfering with our relationship. I told Arnold I was concerned about his safety and I didn't think it was a good idea for him to continue letting himself into Tammy's house when she was there because of the mixed messages that it was sending. Basically, nigga, don't forget where home is.
0: Not not your wife might want you back.
1: Right. <laughs> not being around your family might make you feel like you want a family. <laughs> She goes on to say that Alexis knew about the bad blood and the tension between her and Tammy. Because, of course, you know, Alexis India India's uh, boyfriend and they tight as braids, as she said, right? So, of course, Alexis is going to know. And she said that Alexis was talking about how he was committing all these crimes. He was a bad boy, right? So, so then, you know, they're like, okay, Speaking of Alexis, let's talk about him some more. So at this point, the prosecution is like, listen, judge, um, please let us tell the jury that anything she says at this point, this talk of the crime, it's not necessarily to be taken as truth. This is her story, and that's all that it is. There's not a fact in here. It's just her story, right? It's just what she says, you know? So... Judge allows it. He wants a jury, and she continues with her story. She says that that she said that she lent Alexis some money and was trying to help him find a car, and that she had promised her good cousin India that she was going to arrange their wedding and help pay for it. She says the day that they bought those coveralls, her and Alexis were actually going to look for engagement rings for India, and that's why we, they were together. And now Alexis says that these coveralls were what the two of them wore when they broke into Tammy's house and the police find a receipt for the coverall in Chastity's house, right? So Chastity's basically spinning this story. Oh, I told Alexis that I just wanted to play a prank on Chastity you know, scare her out of town and Alexis, being the bad boy that he is, you know, took it up a notch, right? She's she's like, you know, on all this time we were spending together thinking of India, he's telling me, you know, he can handle this problem, you know? And he told me he was a professional. He could sneak in and out of people's houses without never knowing anything or whatever. She was like, I would never have somebody come in here who was an actual threat to Tammy or her kids, right? Now, Arnold, the
0: children's father, also took the stand. He was asked questions like, you know, how long had the affair been going on? He answered, of course, like he was like at the end of 94 up until the incident. He said, do you see the person in the courtroom today? And of course, he stretched out his arm and pointed to Chastity. He talks about how he got the call at 2.30 a.m. from Tammy hearing about the tragic death of his son and the injury of his baby girl. He talks about when he went to the hospital and he said that he stood away because he already knew that he was gone. He was like, I stood away. I didn't want to see the injuries. I did not want that to be the last time that I saw my son. I did not want my final time seeing him to be seeing him like that. He also talked a lot about his relationship with chastity He talked about how they would break up and get back together every once in a while and how... And how they had a set routine with the kids. He talked about how she she seemed like she was trying to turn him against his kids now that he looks at her. And they asked him on the stand about these injuries that he apparently sustained from getting into an argument with Tammy. And he says he don't remember. They said, well, do you remember... Her scratching you? No, I don't remember. Do you remember when you said to the police that you were scared of my, uh, scared of your ex-wife? No, I don't remember. <laughs> I know that's right. Lock this bitch up. She killed my kids. Now, they asked him while he was on the stand if he loved chastity And he looked and he was just like, I didn't fall in love with her. You know, she wanted all this, but I didn't fall in love with her. And then they were like, okay, well, I have these letters of you saying sweet nothings and lovey-dovey things written to Chastity. So you obviously were in love with her. And so he looked at the letters and he was just like, eh, he just shrugged it off. Ooh, imagine going through all that and seeing the, the man that you wanted to run away with just shrug at your love letters on the stand.
1: Ah! When Chastity Mama's Joyce takes a stand, she talks about, you know... Oh, them coveralls weren't for the crime. She got them coveralls so she could clean out my pool. Now, throughout this trial, whenever Tammy or Arnold weren't on the stand, they sat together side by side on the same side of the courtroom right next to each other throughout the duration of the trial. The jury leaves to go deliberate. The jury comes back, and they convicted her of burglary, assault, risk of injury to a child, felony murder, attempt to commit capital murder, and capital felony. Chastity got sent to York Correctional Institute, which was Connecticut's only state prison for women. After the verdict is read, Chastity begins sobbing. She has thrown her arms around her lawyer. She's crying on her like, oh my God, I can't believe this. At this moment, an argument breaks out between the family and the two sides of the family stand up and they're face-to-face in the aisle against each other.
0: Yeah, and then Krista, <laughs> this shit crazy. Krista, which is Chastity's little sister, she yells out to their side of the family. She's like, what y'all looking at? And of course, you know, everybody looking like, what you mean, what I'm looking at? And then somebody else was like, calling them crackheaded at homies. Like, why are you calling Tammy's family side of the family that? Y'all did it. But then Chastity's mother, Joyce, Joyce Ash, started yelling out that she knows that Tammy is the one that actually killed Jarrell. Not Tammy did it, right? That and then they were acting, and then they were getting really close to each other. They were like pushing each other back and forth. And so then, the police officers—I mean, the officers at the uh, at the courthouse had to get the families out of the courtroom because they couldn't get order in the court because these good Christian folk didn't know how to act. Now the verdict, although it was, it may have been nice to hear guilty, and find what most consider justice. That's not what it felt like for Tammy. She said, none of this will be over. This will all be over when I have my son back. And unfortunately, that's something that she'll never get. So this hurt, this pain will never cease.
1: Now, chastity sentencing was, of course, tense. Like, this, she was facing a death penalty. And her grandmother and three other family members came to her defense and argued that her execution would destroy the entire family. They also insinuated that her mother Joyce would try and kill herself if Chat City was executed and that everyone might as well get prepared for another death in the family. So they was like, listen, please, you know, they're like, please don't put, um, please don't execute her. She can actually be a good inmate. She has real good potential. She's got great communication skills. Um she hel- She has healthcare training. Like, she can be an aide to y'all when y'all get there. As a matter of fact, when she was in jail waiting trial, there was an incident with a mentally challenged inmate and who kept getting her items stolen. And Chastity intervened and defused the situation. Like, it's like, just please don't put her on death row because she's going to be isolated from all the other inmates who she could help. Like, there's still chance there's still a chance for Chastity to make good of her life, even behind bars. On top of that, if she's on death row, they can only speak through a glass. I guess the cries helped. And so it was at this moment that she got her sentencing and she was set to serve. She escaped the death penalty and was sentenced to life in prison plus 70 years. No parole.
0: After... All of this is, of course, the victim impact statement. And Tammy finally got to speak to Chastity. She said, Chastity, you are finally being held accountable. She said, maybe one day you will accept responsibility for the murder of my son, my baby, Jarrell Coyer." Hopefully you will stop deceiving people, including your family. Arnold spoke and he called his daughter, Lindsay, his little angel. And that because of her, because he had another child is the reason why he was able to survive this horrible ordeal of losing his son. And he spoke about after this how important the time spending with his child is going to be to him. He said, quote, I can't run in the fields with him. I can't play. I can't laugh. I was fortunate to have that little bit of time that I was able to have with him. But he was seven. Like, you snatched that away from me. At her sentencing, Chastity chose not to speak, and the judge said that she expressed no compassion for anyone else and had no empathy. The judge said, quote, what would cause a human being to choose to take the lives of these two beautiful innocents?
1: So Alexis pleaded guilty, and in the December 2001 sentencing, he was given a six-year sentence. This was decreased from 12 years, mostly because Tammy and the prosecution believed that he did not truly know Chastity's plans for that night. Tammy also believed that Lindsey survived that night because Alexis yelled out and ran. In a later interview, words to Tammy had to say to Chastity was, Do you know you took a life, a real human being, a person that was loved, that I loved, that I loved to infinity? Do you know the damage that you caused? Do you know I'll never be the same? After the trial, Arnold and Tammy still had a child, Lindsay, to take care of together. And they were great co-parents. People were actually shocked that they sat together at the trial. And, like, this reporter was talking to him. And Arnold was like, I'm sitting here having lunch with you. And Tammy is by my side. And her mother is here. I go to the family functions with her still. They accept me. They are not looking at me at a monster. And at the end of the day, that's not all that really matters because he's like, he's like feeling under pressure because he's like, everybody's blaming me for it. Like, I killed my son. He was like, yes, I cheated, but how was I supposed to think that cheating would lead to my son's death? Like that, that's not the slippery slope we see every day, right? So right. he's like, all y'all outside opinions, I know what you're thinking. And honestly, I can't feed into that. All I can do is, you know, Except that she loves me and forgives me. And, you know, of course, if I had to do, if I'd known it turned out like this, I'd, of course, you know, never mess with her. But who thought she was that crazy? You know, Tammy, of course, showing through her actions, she doesn't blame Arnold for Jarrell's death. Lindsay, she says that she misses. Jarell and the relationship that they could have had. She was like, I was just two when all this happens. She's like, I I don't even know the person that I could have been. Like, two years old, I'm into serious trauma. Trauma that's not going to go away. Like, I will forever not have my brother. My mom will always be affected by that. And I'm sure she's got a scar on her arm. You know, oh, where'd I get this scar from? Oh, that night that lady came and killed my brother and tried to kill me. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. She's forever traumatized by this, forever bogged down by this. She's like, now the neighborhood kind of felt a sigh of relief once this was all over because they were pretty scared when this all happened. They was like, listen, shit like this don't happen Some over random here. Random crazed killer. Like, you know, because it was who would have done it. And then, you know, of course, they didn't have any specialists at front. They was like, listen, people stopped coming out their houses. People went and stayed with other relatives. They was thinking about moving. They were terrified. So they were, everybody was just so happy that this was over and tied up and that Chastity was behind bars and just doing the best that they could to move on. Jarrell played baseball and the cello and was described as a special kid. They said he was the kind of kid that you got to know because you knew something was there. He was enthusiastic about life. He was. Life wasn't just going to pass him by. And so everybody's just like this kid. He he was just so full of potential just at the age of seven. Of course, it's just senseless for him to not be here with us today. All right, y'all, it's
0: time for. Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I ain't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. Um, I can not do it, but if I did, I think cheating is the red flag. We don't need to be turning a blind eye to constant cheating. And I know that it is not Arnold's fault, but I just want to let everybody know that your nigga willing to give up his entire family for any pussy can go. And take the red flag and go.
1: I ain't do it, but if I did... I'm not about to start something with my cousin, man. Especially not one, my cousin, who I watch their kids. Like, what? How am I trying to be my cousin's kid's stepmama? How am I be your cousin and your stepmama? Come on now.
0: Right. Right. That's crazy. I ain't do it, but if I did, when I took... When I already was wrong for taking my cousin's man to the family function that was for couples, I wouldn't be also fucking him on the couch in the same room as another family member who could possibly see us having sex on the couch.
1: What? You can go out to the car, bathroom. What?
0: You shouldn't have been there. Y'all should have set that event out. That was so dirty and wrong what and then everybody knows she she sat in front of the elders and said that she didn't do it so she clearly didn't do it no she's lying
1: i didn't do it but if i did i took the hint the first time when you plant the murder on the seventh and it didn't work out i'd have took that as a sign to abort the mission you know
0: and you know they were jean skirt wearing christians like i would have taken that as a nice indication lord i want me to do this
1: I ain't do it, but if I did, that man told you y'all ain't never getting married because he ain't going to be the point of contention between the family as if cheating wasn't bad enough, but he definitely couldn't double down and marry your ass. Give it up. Give it up.
0: I just think it was delusional to think that that man was going to marry you.
1: Um, After you killed his kids. I mean, I guess he wasn't supposed to know, but...
0: Girl, I didn't do it, but if I did, I wrote down you wanted to scare her into moving, question mark? That wasn't even a good lie. But also, you probably could have scared her into moving. Say you did break in on a week, on a day that the kids weren't there. Right. Tore up the house, left, didn't kill her. Say this is the perfect scenario, right? It, nothing escalated. You didn't kill her. You just tore up the house and pinned her down. The children were at dad's or wherever. Boom. She's terrified. She, of course, is going to tell Arnold, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, we're scared. We should leave, and then, girl, that is your time to snoop in and be like Atlanta or Virginia Beach. Tell the kids to come too. If you were smart enough to actually think of a full plan, you could have done something where nobody got hurt, where it was just shaking somebody up. But that's also saying that somebody could shake somebody up and not escalate it to murder because we've seen that happen all the time. But like, you could have thought that through without hurting these kids. That you you've been with these kids since they were
1: infants right you was a fucking nanny and you killed him
0: i ain't do it but if i did i forgot to say this i think i forgot to say this during arnold's testimony but he said the night of the murder because remember she had to get the key out of the baby bag they were together they went to go get dinner went back to his home they had sex and she left you came over to my home, had sex with me, stole the key to my baby mom's house and killed my kid. That's crazy. What? What? And now here I am. And him and Tammy have to figure out how to pick up the pieces. I mean, Lindsay, in the most recent interview, she's an adult, almost an adult. Seems like a very well, beautiful, put together young lady that has two parents that love her, although they aren't together because Tammy's not crazy, no. But it's just, oh, it's awful. All right, that's all I got. Um, parole or no parole? Hell no. Hell
1: no, girl.
0: What do you think about Alexis's sentence?
1: I agree. I don't think he knew what was going on. He said as soon as he heard the kids yell out, he was like, rap, that's rap. Mm-mm, mm-mm, because this house ain't empty like you said it was.
0: This is a sad story. We gotta
1: read some reviews so we can go. Mm-hmm. Let to read this one in the email. Okay, this one says, Happy to be here. Hi, and Taz. This is my second review, so I hope y'all get this one. I'm for gonna... a long <laughs> for a long time no podcast was giving me any type of satisfaction, and I was on the edge of giving up entirely until my good sister introduced me to Sisters Who Kill, and now I can't stop listening. I'm in love with the storytelling and how black it is. Truly feels like I'm sitting at the table with my family discussing some wild shit. Plus, I'm learning so much about the various court system and laws we have in this twisted country. Anyways, I'm rooting for y'all all the way from Minnesota. Love, Nartika.
0: Thank you, girl. Oh my gosh, there are two on Apple Review and I can't decide which one I want to read. Um, well, we
1: record again on Wednesday, so.
0: Okay, this one says, uh, Taz, I love you. Oh, Lord. I've I've been listening to this podcast since my sister put me on about a year ago. I was listening on Spotify, but I had to come and leave y'all a review on Apple. Honestly, love everything about y'all. The energy, the players, and I'm not OJ, especially the singing and cussing. Even the ads I have memorized because bills are high and rent is due. I don't think that's the line. Keep up the great work. (laughs) I don't think that's the line. Keep up the great work. If this gets read on the air, I know y'all sparking up. And Taz, even though you're basically a ghost, I'm obsessed with
1: you. Lol. <laughs> that's how I like it. Honestly, basically a ghost. Love that for me. To be like, who tweeted this? I'm telling you, if I had a superpower, I'd be invisible.
0: All right, y'all. That is the end of the show. If you want to read, re- if you want to leave us a review, we absolutely welcome it. You can leave us a five star and written review on whatever platform that you are listening on. If you want to tell us something very nice, you can also email us. You can email us for ad spaces just to say hello. Oh, you can also put your bad reviews in our email. You don't have to actually post those anywhere. You can do that at (laughs) sisterswhokillpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at sisterswhokill. Follow us on Instagram, sisterswhokillpod, on TikTok at Sisters Who Kill Podcast and join the discussion group as long as you answer the questions to get in and you speak nicely enough. Anything else, friend?
1: Talk to us, we talk back. Bye!